The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You can not only learn from your mistakes, you can celebrate them. They define who you are and serve as a learning tool to become your most beautiful self ever. Welcome to Beyond Religion, Your Life is Waiting, with your host, Jim Stacy. Jim is the author of 11 books and is here to help you experience the power of the divine deep within yourself. It's inside you. You just have to know where and how to look for it. Now, here is Jim Stacy. And thank you again to all of you who have tuned in to listen today. I deeply appreciate that, and uh, as I've said before, I wish I could meet every one of you, but maybe someday we will. Anyway, today we're going to be moving in a little different direction than the last three weeks, so before I get started with that, let me remind you that my website is a great way to find out much more information about everything I talk about. Most of it's right there on the very first page. Go to www.thedivineiswithinus.com. Also, Facebook, the same five words, The Divine Is Within Us, and email, thedivineiswithinus at gmail.com. So the contrast between this show next week and then two more shows after a couple of guests will be on the show is all about the Aramaic language. The Aramaic is such a powerful and beautiful concept. I spent the last three weeks talking about the the sins of the church and the lies of the church and all the things that an extremist religion can do and is, is guilty of today. So now I want to contrast all the negativity of religion the last three shows, and if you missed any of those, go back and check those out. And then today's show, next week's show, on the Aramaic and, and the power of finding our true self, healing deep within, and I'll give you more details on all of that later. The healing power of the Aramaic, which really is the discovery of one's true self. Isn't it interesting? that Yeshua came here to the planet not to teach religion, not to teach dogma. He didn't come here to found a religion, not at all. He came to teach, and as he said, I have come to bear witness to the truth. The truth is we need to find and know, discover, and learn about our true, authentic self. We're searching for that. Every one of us is searching for that every day, whether we're conscious of it or not. So my question for you today, the first one of these, is have you discovered your true identity yet? Where might you be looking to discover who you are? Are you depending on other people's voices, other people's opinions, other people's insights? Well, that's the wrong closet to look in. Most of us think we have already discovered our identity, 
But how are we to know if we really have or not? But yet, the question, who are you? And why do you answer that way? Both questions in focus as we look at the Aramaic. And in all of our activity and our efforts and, and the energy spent to try to find out who we really are, how do we define ourselves? What might we be missing in that search? Well, that's what I'm going to be sharing with you today. And I know this from personal experience. I would never have discovered who I am without the Aramaic language and Yeshua's insight into who we are as humans, who the divine really is, and way beyond religion, what can our connection to that divine be like? How fulfilling can that be? Well, here we go. The human dilemma. The human dilemma is perhaps at least maybe best described or at least a very good definition is searching for what one lacks but cannot find. We're searching all the time for fulfillment. We're searching to find some way to understand what it means to to be satisfied with who we are, fulfillment. We're searching for meaning to life. What does it mean to be alive here on the planet? What does it mean to be you? Put your name on a piece of paper and ask the question, what does it mean to be, and then read your name? What do you think your answer is going to be? We're always looking for purpose. We need to know why we're here and who we are in the midst of all of these things around us that are passing away all too quickly. Everything we see with our eyes is not going to be here forever. Everything you see with your eyes, including the image in your mirror and every other person, every other object, every other physical form will not be here forever. Are we longing for home? Some say that, and I think there's some truth in that. But my question is, where is home? Where is home for you? A physical house, we call it home, but is that really the home for your heart? What is home? How do we define that? And why that definition? All of those issues are issues of humanity. Every person you meet today is a person who in some way is looking for more understanding of who they are. And you are too. I am too. It's an ongoing quest. And the beauty of it is we don't have to have all the answer today. And that doesn't mean we're frustrated because we don't have it all. Not at all. When we are on the path, the path that I began to describe today, the path of finding out who we are, each step along that path is so fulfilling that we don't worry anymore about getting to some goal. We enjoy each step. It's like a walk through the woods. You enjoy each scene that comes before you. You enjoy what shows up. The trees, the flowers, the wildlife, the mountains, the sun, the sky, whatever it is, wherever you're walking, the desert, the cactus. We enjoy each step. And the same is true with our spiritual journey. 
we can enjoy each step along the way. Forget about finding it all. Don't worry about that. Because as we take each step, we will find one thing and one thing above all else is that we can be satisfied with the power and the beauty and the celebration in each step, not worrying about what ten, what might be 10 steps down the road. So part of the human dilemma is not just the search for fulfillment and meaning and purpose and longing for home, but we use the false fulfillment many times of our five senses. The five senses that we use to try to perceive and experience the world around us. And we want to understand that all is well, hopefully. And then we understand deep inside that no, sensual fulfillment in what I can see or hear or touch or smell or taste, fulfillment never comes through the physical senses, the five senses. And there are more senses beyond the five, of course. But here's the point. Where are we looking? Are we accepting the results of the five senses and calling that fulfillment? No, we can't do that because there's so much more. But those who depend on their hearing, oh, we all have seen and, and uh, even do a little bit myself some days, somebody driving down the road, but I never turn my radio or my tape, my CD player up that high, but some just can't help it blast that music out there and and hear nothing else but the music and somehow deep inside of all that, yes, I understand. It can be a beautiful experience. And yet, if we do nothing but roll the windows down and turn the music up, are we going to find our true self? Or are we just using some sensory perception to keep us blind to the fact or not thinking about the fact that we don't yet know? So we can use noise to try to keep us distracted. We can use conversation to keep us distracted. We can use going to church to keep us distracted from finding who we really are. So the sense of hearing has to be overcome as the only source or even the major source of finding out who we are. Then there's a sense of feeling. Sometimes I wonder why people drive so fast up and down the road and yet, Somehow, in feeling that speed, the need for speed, some call it, they are experiencing something that's taking their thoughts away from something that is maybe too painful in their life. So, some people are focused on winning. That's what sports are all about. Winning, winning, winning. Be sure that you don't lose. Who cares if somebody else loses? Make sure you don't. And all that kind of nonsense. Some people smoke cigarettes to taste and feel and 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 smell and all the rest, and they allow cigarettes or cigars or or whatever to be a replacement for finding the deepest reality. The comforts of life, whether it's our favorite chair or favorite uh, something to see or do, we need to be careful that we're not allowing the physical world around us to replace what is deep within. Then there's the sight experience, television, Movies and travel and cars and houses, as beautiful as some of that can be. But if they become substitutes for knowing who we really are deep inside, then they are 
a sham at best, because behind the most beautiful scenery you've ever seen is a picture of something else. The picture of beauty and power and a picture of being real and knowing what that's all about. Maybe the sense of smell is what distracts food, you know, flowers. But my question is, I wonder, why do we even need a sense of smell? So often we smell things that don't smell good. And yet, I've known people that have not had, they were not born with a sense of smell, and they describe it as a very serious uh, defect. And I can understand that, I think. I've lost some hearing, and that's so frustrating sometimes. But, you know, once I realize that it's beyond anything I can hear, it's beyond anything in this physical world, it's beyond any of the five senses that I can find reality. Others depend on the sense of taste. So many people are vastly overweight because of food and drink and the desire to taste it, smell it, and feel it. Can we ever get past that kind of experience? Can we ever get beyond it? Can we ever get to the place where we understand that life is more important than anything we may experience through our five senses? Well, that's what this show is all about. And next week and the other shows to come. Yes, there's deep reality and meaning, deep divine connection, but it all happens inside of you. We'll continue with those thoughts in the next segment. I'll be right back. is the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. Jim Stacy is the author of 11 books, including his first title, Jesus Was Not a Christian, Healing the Shame and Fear from Man-Made Theology. That book is available on Amazon. The other 10 books, which are titled A Healing Spiritual Journey, are available as downloads on thedivineiswithinus.com. When you visit that site, you may also download his CDs and articles, and you can also find out more about where Jim will be speaking, spiritual retreats, and vision quests. Visit www.thedivineiswithinus.com today. Jim Stacy's first book, Jesus Was Not a Christian, is available on Amazon.com. Discover what the church has been hiding for over 1,700 years. Find out why people carry the wounds of guilt and shame instead of the power of loving and being loved. Discover that you are part of the divine. Learn about the kingdom of heaven within you and find out why history has been twisted by those who slaughtered tens of thousands of innocent people. See why the real Jesus never said the words hell or sin. Jesus Was Not a Christian, available right now on Amazon.com. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change. You are listening to Beyond Religion, Your Life is Waiting. If you have a question or comment about our program, please send an email to the divine is within us at gmail.com. Again, that's the divine is within us at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Here again is Jim Stacy. Today, I'd like to get further into the Aramaic Lord's Prayer 
and into the Beatitudes, if most, some of you know what that is, some may not, but it's commonly called Yeshua's or Sermon on the Mount where he said, blessed are these and blessed are these and blessed are these. So very powerful truths hidden in there, but the English has no clue. So I'm going to hurry through some other notes here so we can get to that as far, much as we can today and hopefully understand more clearly what it is to find our true self. But following one's senses to, is nothing but living in a temporary world of things and illusions, yet hoping to find meaning and fulfillment where it just cannot be found. What good does it do us to have a mind that is full of information or thoughts or attitudes or reactions or fears or desires for more or feelings of competition? All of these simply are the wrong focus. They focus on the temporary and what, instead of what lasts. To live in the past is to live in memories and regrets. To live in the future is to live with some kind of hope and yet fear without putting feet on our hopes. But to live in the present, the now, is to know the divine within and to know who we are in relationship to that. They focus on what is passing away with each day, but yet what do we hold on to in our memories? And why do we hold on to, to those when we focus on the past? because we have not yet discovered what is lasting and deeply fulfilling. And right there is the most important reason for studying the Aramaic language. Yes, you heard that right. But what does a different language have to do with my and your inner fulfillment? And I hope that you're asking that question right now. What does the Aramaic have to do with my inner fulfillment? First of all, we have to define fulfillment. And how can it be that studying the language can bring about that kind of fulfillment. Well, it's because Yeshua used the Aramaic language, the most powerful and beautiful language in the whole world in some ways. And I'll have some more information about that today and, and next week. But the, the Aramaic meanings that Yeshua spoke are intended to do all of the above in helping us find our true self and even much more. No religion is needed for finding your true self and the fulfillment that you desire the meaning to your life, the, the deep inner knowing that you're worth something. The Aramaic is a deep personal fulfillment of that hunger for more that we've been using all the five senses to find, and yet what is real beyond our senses is what we're searching for. All the church can ever do is to fill your head with beliefs, beliefs that cause an addiction to being controlled by others who promise that they can deliver, or they promise rather what they cannot deliver, because beliefs never set one free. Beliefs only bind us up in fear and shame and the false comforts of being controlled when someone who has convinced you that he knows more than you do, I say hogwash. An addiction to beliefs is all based in fear. The Aramaic teachings of Yeshua reveal that I need nothing else than I already have within me. I hope you heard that. You need nothing else than everything that is already within you. We just need to learn how to contact that, connect with it, and experience the powerful and beautiful reality of what is inside. What is it? It's an experiential knowing of the divine within you. And the bliss, yes, bliss, that is beyond describing as we feel and know when we are deeply connected with the divine instead of beliefs only. I have learned the power of meditation 
and sitting in the presence of the divine within. I'll be saying much more about that next week and the weeks to come. Not a meditation where you sit there hour by hour by hour and try to keep your mind focused on nothing. Not at all. Meditation is much more beautiful and rewarding than that. And I'll be sharing much of that with you. But I've discovered in that process, the process of just connecting with the divine through the breath. Yes, the breathing. And I'll have much more to say about that, hopefully, today as well as next week. I don't need anything else but what is already within. But do you ever long for home? What is home? And why that? What is the gift in being far away from home but then coming back to it? Why does it feel so good or not? But it's home that we're looking for. That home is already within us. Home is in the presence of our source of life, the divine within, the creator. Call it what you want, the universe, the spirit of all. Yes, that is home. Home is in deep connection with the divine within and with others who also know that that reality is within themselves. Home is what we're looking for. We just need to be able to define it. Within, deep inside, is the eternal reality of a knowable connection with all that is in this vast universe. Yes, even a connection with the divine, our source of life, comes to us as we learn how to go within. So I say in these days, don't go to church, go within. And I think you that have been hearing what I've been saying understand what I'm saying. There are no sermons inside, no condemnation, no guilt, no fear, no male experts in the world of shame. <laughs> the fear in going to church is that one can never be without the guilt of having sinned again and again and again. And I say, what a crazy place to be. But I know that route. I spent time there. And that's why I say a false sense of forgiveness is the opiate of religion. But go to go within, there's never any guilt, fear, shame, and wrongdoing because the divine is all about love and acceptance, light, and hope. Love is about, or the divine within is about transformation, the desire and the power to change all that I can change. The divine within is about dignity and being worth something, about zero conflict and the peace we find there. It's about fulfillment and purpose. It's about deep experiential bliss. The absolute breathtaking bliss is a part of seeking and finding the divine within. Meaning to life and delight and connection, eternal values and healing, inclusion and compassion, all of these. And I could spend a lot of time talking about each one of those. But that is just a beginning of the list of what we will find when we learn to find our connection with the divine inside. You are the divine in human form. We are. As I go within, I can sing the song. There's a group I used to be a part of that used to sing this song. I don't know who wrote it, or I'd give them credit. Somebody, I love myself the way I am, and still I need to grow. And still I need to transform some issues that I'm holding on to inside. But I'm beautiful, and I'm capable of being the best me that I could ever be. And I love myself just the way I am. I love myself in this process of choosing to be more. And then we can say the same thing to others. I love you because you too are beautiful. 
The Aramaic is all about calling light out of our shadow. We spent a couple of shows on that a few weeks ago, but you can go back and listen to those anytime. But the Aramaic language can be traced back to the very beginning of recorded time. It predates the Hebrew. It predates the Greek, the Latin, the Chinese, and certainly English, and every other language on the earth. It's, it was the very important part of the Persian Empire and beyond. This was a universal language spoken from the borders of China all the way across that part of the world, all the way to Alexandria, Egypt. It was a unique language. The groups established by Yeshua were all founded upon the Aramaic language and its deep interpersonal meanings. The Aramaic Jewish church was here for centuries until it was wiped out by the Christian church. The Nazareans, Nazareans, the, and the Ebionites and the Gnostics were all Aramaic-speaking people that carried on the powerful energies of Yeshua by living them, not just by believing them. And today, the Aramaic church in Assyria remains, and it's there right now. It's also in eastern Turkey, Syria, Iraq, of all places, and even here in the United States. More next week on that, but right now let's take a deeper look at the Aramaic Lord's Prayer, some of which I've shared before and much of which I haven't. The Aramaic Lord's Prayer is something that transformed and began a transformation deep inside me. It's a vastly misunderstood prayer. But the disciples came to Yeshua one day and said, you know, teach us how to pray. And so he said something far different than what the church teaches. Jesus, your Yeshua, never said, our Father who art in heaven. He never said that. He never said almost everything that the English reveals. But what he said is in the first line of the Lord's Prayer, Avun Maya." he said, O birthing one, mother and father of all the cosmos and all life everywhere. He didn't say that there was a male, angry male God up in the sky. Yeshua connected to the birthing one, the mother and father of all life everywhere. Then he wasn't focused on uh, some name being hallowed or revered, but he said, focus your light. This is the human being talking to the divine. Focus your light, the light of your divinity within us. Focus it there and help us understand how that we can be one with you. Tete makuta, may your kingdom truly come and activate the life within us, in our hearts and in our actions in this world, and may we recognize your kingdom in all others around us. Wow. Totally different than what I heard when I was a kid. Then he said, Not just thy will be done as on earth and in heaven, but it says in the Aramaic, May your one desire then join with ours, that your light may be seen in us all. That one desire is connection with the divine within. It is living as the divine in human form. We can do it. We've all, you've already been doing it. We just haven't understood all the details of that. But we can all grow in that and improve in that. And we can become an expression of the most important desire of the, of the divine itself. And that is connection. The divine wants to connect with you 
even more than you want to connect, perhaps, or just as much, or whatever that might be. But we are being sought. It is not that we are the only the seeker. And he said, he didn't say give us this day our daily bread. He said, grant us today what we need in sustenance, yes, but in also in what we need by the way of insight. Help us not be deceived by this temporary physical world around us. Then he said, one of the most important of all, I was taught all through my life, we must ask for forgiveness of these wicked things we've done, blah, blah, blah. And right there it is in the Lord's Prayer, they would say, forgive us our sins as we forgive those. No, it's not what he said. He said, Loosen the cords of mistakes that are wrapped around us. And in the same way, let us loosen the cords of guilt that we have wrapped around other people. It's not about sin. It's not about wickedness. It's not about being bad. Yeshua reveals right here in the Lord's Prayer, stop projecting our own stuff onto the people. Loosen the cords of mistakes that we've wrapped around others and ask for those same cords that are wrapped around us to be loosened as well. Then when they're free and when I'm free, we begin to walk together in divine connection. Time for another break. I'll be right back. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Jim Stacy's first book, Jesus Was Not a Christian, is available on Amazon.com. Discover what the church has been hiding for over 1,700 years. Find out why people carry the wounds of guilt and shame instead of the power of loving and being loved. Discover that you are part of the divine. Learn about the kingdom of heaven within you and find out why history has been twisted by those who slaughtered tens of thousands of innocent people. See why the real Jesus never said the words hell or sin. Jesus Was Not a Christian, available right now on Amazon.com. Jim Stacy is the author of 11 books, including his first title, Jesus Was Not a Christian, Healing the Shame and Fear from Man-Made Theology. That book is available on Amazon. The other 10 books, which are titled A Healing Spiritual Journey, are available as downloads on thedivineiswithinus.com. When you visit that site, you may also download his CDs and articles. And you can also find out more about where Jim will be speaking, spiritual retreats, and vision quests. Visit www.thedivineiswithinus.com today. Be visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to Beyond Religion, Your Life is Waiting. If you have a question or comment about our program, please send an email to the divine is within us at gmail.com. Again, that's the divine is within us at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Here again is Jim Stacy. So as we wander through the Aramaic Lord's Prayer, I hope you're taking notes. Yeah, I'll be giving you more details later on where to find all of this. There's information on the website, and I can actually send materials to you if you request that. So my desire 
is to help you begin to see more and more of what's really possible. And don't just depend on me. There are people out there that know a lot more than I do, and I'm sharing what I know, and I'm learning all the time. So let's continue with this famous Lord's Prayer. One of the craziest statements in that prayer, and I always thought that as a kid, it says, lead us not into temptation. I said, why? Why would this God, or whatever that is, and or why would the divine even think about leading us into temptation? Oh, my goodness. What is that all about? Well, it's not saying that at all. Any God that would lead someone into temptation is just that, a human fabrication, and it's not real. What really is being said here, Wela talan lanasuna, may we not be deceived by attachments to surface things in this world. Just like I was talking about a little bit uh, a little while ago, let us not be deceived by the things we sense with our five senses. Then he goes on to say, and another one of those crazy statements, he didn't say deliver us from evil. First of all, there's no word for evil in the Aramaic language. The word is unripe, or the word is not yet ripe. So set us free from unripeness, and set us free from everything that keeps us from ripening and becoming one in connection with the divine. Wow, what a difference. Free me from unripeness? Yes. That's why I said so many times, there's no word for hell, there's no word for sin, there's no word for evil in the Aramaic language. And I have more to say about that too in the shows to come. Then he said, not thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, but what he really said was this, metal dilake namakuta, wahaila watesh bukta lahalam, amin. For, he said, to you is born, from you is born, the I can. From you is born this kingdom within, the I can of the cosmos, the power to be and to do and to know, the power to help me transform my inner shadows, the power to, we find in life to do and to be anything that we choose to be. We get to choose our own path and we get to sing our own song. May we learn to enter that kingdom and find the power to renew our spirits, our souls, and every part of us. Then the word amen, simply in Aramaic means, may your power be activated in these statements, and may these statements be the grounds from which all my actions grow. Some of these thoughts I give credit to Dr. Neil Douglas Klotz and his, uh, from his book, Prayers of the Cosmos, and some I've added to and found other interpretations along the way, and other Aramaic authors have seen things a little bit differently. And the beauty of the Aramaic is that there are always multiple ways of seeing it, multiple ways of understanding it. If there are 10 people hearing something being said, 10 people might hear it differently, and each and every interpretation is valid all at the same time. It's not one way. There are many ways. So I have a couple other uh, choices here for you that I'm going to read. Other ways to interpret uh, different parts of this uh, Lord's Prayer. This time I'm going to say just in English. To the one who has given us birth, the mother and father of all life everywhere, 
Your divinity is already within us. Help us to understand our divine self and to be a living example of your light. May your queendom, whoops, did you hear that? <laughs> Malkuta is a feminine noun. May your queendom, or kingdom, but it really is queendom. May your queendom take root in our hearts so that we will become the living expression of the balance of the feminine and the masculine energies. Yes, kingdom, queendom, and it's present within. It's not just male, not at all. Thank goodness for that. But in, then he goes on to say, in this translation, in our connection with you, may we find both bread and insight beyond the physical world. Free us from the ropes of shame and guilt that imprison us in smallness as we release all others from those same ropes that we have wrapped around them. Help us to not be deceived by the illusions of this three-dimensional world as we let go of all of our attachments to this temporary existence that we call humanity. May our knowing that you live within us be the foundation for all that we do and become as we rest in the sacred breath of connection with you. May it be so. Amen. And another one. O birthing one, mother and father of the whole cosmos and all that's in it, Focus the light of your divinity within me and help me to experience it as useful. Help me to understand that I am one with you so that your desires then act with mine. Grant me today what I need in both sustenance and insight. Loosen the cords of mistakes that are keeping me from being free. Set me free from false shame. In the same way, help me loosen the cords of guilt that I've wrapped around others and kept them in a small place. And sometimes we do that because we're afraid to let somebody else be as big as they really are. Help me not to be deceived by surface temporary things, but free me from the errors of all that holds me back from my most beautiful self. It is from you that comes the power to live and to be fulfilled. It is your song that brings beauty into my life and renews me continually. Truly, may I find the power in these statements, and may they become the foundation upon which I build my life. Amen. So, the Lord's Prayer can be seen and understood in many, many different ways. In Dr. Douglas Klotz's book, he gives the six or seven different ways to understand each line of the Aramaic Lord's Prayer. So I would encourage you to take a look at that if that's what feels right to you. And then write your own lines. How you see it, how you feel it, how you understand it. Live that and then go back. And the next time you do it, you write it a different way because of your growth and your insights that you've gained. We keep gaining and growing and changing and keep changing with change. And the beauty of that is the, the divine within us is waiting for you and for me. I'll take a few minutes now to look at the Beatitudes. Some of you know what that means, as I mentioned earlier. It's a list from Matthew chapter 5, basically there's other places too, but where it was called the Sermon on the Mount. I don't know if it really was that or not, or it was even a sermon, I doubt it. But anyway, Yeshua was speaking, and there's a whole series of things. Blessed are, for yours is the kingdom. Blessed are you here and there and somewhere else. Blessed are you when. 
all these whole lists of the blessed be. And the problem is that no one has really expressed or understood what it means to be blessed. <laughs> that could mean a thousand different things, of course. But what Yeshua taught was this. The word in Aramaic is called tuvehun. Tuvehun. And it means how truly ripe and ready you are to enter this kingdom, queendom, when you do, and then there's a list of things. So, tuvehun means to be ripe and ready. It's a transpersonal state of knowing something that is beyond who we have known ourselves to be so far. That first one, though, says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. That's the English. How totally absurd, because it's been made into blessed are the humble, but that's later. The church has never understood what it means to be in this heavenly state of tuvayom, finding our home in the breath, finding our home in connection with the divine. Poor in spirit does not mean humble. The poor in spirit is the rukadakucha. To be poor in spirit means that we are finding that in our breathing, in our breath connection, we can begin to understand a connection with the divine spirit and the bliss and the peace and the sheer delight of all that that can bring. The breath is what was sacred from a long time ago. It was a sacred pneuma, again, feminine, rukudakucha, it's feminine. Yet the Holy Spirit, uh-oh, that was feminine too, the sacred pneuma, the sacred breath. Until the church changed it, and I've said a bit about this before too, and I'll say it again right here, the church has been lying about who or what the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit is not a person. The Holy Spirit is not a, the third male part of an all-male trinity. It's not true. There's the not the father, but the mother and father, the birthing one, then the son. But Jesus was never said he was part of some trinity. No, he was talking about something much deeper than that. So, blessed are those who, well, let's say it in the right way, how truly ripe, that is different from evil, evil's unripe, how truly ripe and ready are you when you understand that the secret to divine connection is in the sacred pneuma, the breath, then you will be entering this kingdom, queendom within. And I've asked many people the question, the kingdom is where? Well, Yeshua said it was within. Then he spent much of his ministry talking about who is going to enter this kingdom and who isn't. He said those who are clinging to their riches are going to have a tough time. Those who, until they become as little children, will have very much difficulty in entering this queendom, this kingdom. And so, how do we enter what is already within us? That is the key, and that is the question. If it's already within, and it is, Yeshua taught that very, very clearly, it's already within us. And we can know that. We can know it through the sacred breath, through meditation, through a lot of things I'll be sharing in the weeks to come. You've already experienced it, my friends. 
Yes, you have. And there's more. That's the beauty of it all. So, how truly ripe and ready to enter this kingdom queendom are those who understand that their breath is their first connection with divine energy. Time for another break. I'll be right back with you. The 7th Wave Channel on The Voice America Network. Jim Stacy is the author of 11 books, including his first title, Jesus Was Not a Christian, Healing the Shame and Fear from Man-Made Theology. That book is available on Amazon. The other 10 books, which are titled A Healing Spiritual Journey, are available as downloads on thedivineiswithinus.com. When you visit that site, you may also download his CDs and articles, and you can also find out more about where Jim will be speaking, spiritual retreats, and vision quests. Visit www.thedivineiswithinus.com today. Jim Stacy's first book, Jesus Was Not a Christian, is available on Amazon.com. Discover what the church has been hiding for over 1,700 years. Find out why people carry the wounds of guilt and shame instead of the power of loving and being loved. Discover that you are part of the divine. Learn about the kingdom of heaven within you and find out why history has been twisted by those who slaughtered tens of thousands of innocent people. See why the real Jesus never said the words hell or sin. Jesus Was Not a Christian, available right now on Amazon.com. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. You are listening to Beyond Religion, Your Life is Waiting. If you have a question or comment about our program, please send an email to the divine is within us at gmail.com. Again, that's the divine is within us at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Here again is Jim Stacy. So, back to the Beatitudes. The first one again, how truly ripe and ready to enter this queendom, kingdom are you when you understand that your breath is your connection to the divine. Now, number two, the old way said, Blessed are they that mourn, for they should be comforted. Well, Jesus didn't say that. Yeshua said something far different. What he said was, Yes, how truly ripe and ready to enter this kingdom, queendom, are those who understand that their regret for injustices or a deep longing for the truth and a willingness to deal with wrongdoings and injustices are their experience. It's tuveho. How truly ripe, how truly ready you are. Not blessed, but you're ready to enter. In other words, to enter the kingdom, queendom, is to discover and experience divine connection. So this netbayun is a term in the Aramaic that is very difficult to be translated into the English, but it means freedom from the stress of not knowing who we are. This we can find. The answer to that is found deep within. Knowledge of our own mistakes, as we talked about in the Lord's Prayer, instead of shaming other people for what they've done, or even shaming and blaming ourselves and projecting our own stuff onto them, we can step into the dark, the shadow parts, and we can look at our mistakes. We can understand that when we step into those, 
and become aware of them, choose to know who, what they are, then we can be, find the place where we are healed from all the mental pain and anguish that we have been experiencing for many years. Those who have the courage to bring the light out of the dark are those who understand themselves better than anyone else. And those are the ones who, after emptying their attachments and emptying their connections to, to the senses and, and all the things on the physical planet, they are the ones who become aware more and more of the divine within. The prayer to pray is not just show me, but to show me, is there anything inside of me that is blocking me from understanding? Please show me, and I promise you, it will be shown to you. There's a transpersonal attitude that we can adopt that disperses every other kind of physical and mental pain. And that transpersonal attitude is what we discover in this beatitude. The celebration of our mistakes can take us beyond our problems. And the first step towards healing and transformation is ours when we take that step. Number three, how truly ripe and ready? Well, let's see, what does English say? Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Well, we'll see. What Yeshua said was how truly ripe and ready to enter this kingdom, queendom, are those who possess a good measure of humility, lack of pride, whatever, for those are the ones who will inherit everything. Wow. Well, I'm not sure I still understand this one, but I do know that Yeshua is teaching about all the attitudes, no, more than that, of all the actions, yes, and more than that. He was talking about all the things, that, the characteristics and the qualities that we choose to become. As we become more and more of each of these, we are taking another step towards experiential, personal, divine connection. And that deep vibration and power within of celebration, of passion, of hope, of delight, it's all within us. It's that bliss of knowing there's far more here than just me. I've experienced this several times in my life. And every time, it has been a very pr precious time of awakening and learning more. So... The more we are free from prejudice with regards to other people, the more we understand other people's situations, the more we're willing to approach others positively and give them space too to grow, give them space to understand. As we do all of this, we find that deep within ourselves, a calm, subtle force whose only desire is that it connect with us too to reveal itself to us under all conditions and in any circumstance. Yes, this is your choice. How truly ripe we are when we choose to see ourselves honestly and transform what needs to be changed. Number four, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. I don't like that word. <laughs> I've heard that word too much. The word in Aramaic means justice. How truly ripe and ready to enter this kingdom, queendom, are those who understand that 
their attitude inside, hungering and thirsting after justice for themselves and for others, are what is vastly important in this realm of the three-dimensional reality and beyond it. The one who always seeks harmony with others is the one that I want to be with, the one I also want to be. When we open ourselves to the wisdom of the heart and we are consumed by that wisdom, that is the key for it will take us to ultimate harmonious consciousness and to an experience of reality and of being that we have never yet known. There's much more than just being blessed in these beatitudes. It's taking action to become. The next one he says, in the English, blessed are the merciful for they shall obtain mercy. And he's really talking here about the choice to be unconditional love. Next week I'm going to have a lot of detail on the sacred breath, the kingdom within, and the uh, unconditional love. That will be the heart of next week's show. But the Rachma, the Iyanana Rachma, again feminine. The love, unconditional love, the power to love and connect is a feminine energy. Men, we need to connect with our feminine side more and more. It's not a demand to be loved or desire to be rewarded in return, but pure love contains a deep, inexplicable understanding of the innermost reality of myself and the innermost reality of other people. The next one, I don't have time to, to talk about all of these today, but he says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see the divine, Allah. The word in Aramaic for God or the divine is Allah. It's the, it's the one that is everything the one that includes every part of reality everywhere in the world. Then he goes on to talk about a couple other ones, but I want to conclude by sharing just a poem with you from Rumi that really depicts what I've been talking about. It's called, The Water is Calling the Thirsty. Surely there is a window from heart to heart. They are not separate or far from each other. Though two earthenware lamps are not joined, their light mingles. No lover seeks union without the beloved seeking, but the love of lovers makes the body as thin as a bowstring, while the love of the loved ones make them shapely and pleasing. While the lightning of love for the beloved has shot into this heart, know that there is love for that heart. When the love for the divine has been doubled in your heart, there is no doubt that the divine has love for you. No sound of clapping comes forth from one hand. The thirsty man is moaning, O oh, delicious water, the water is calling. Where is the one who will drink me? The thirst is in our souls. That thirst is the magnetism of water. We are its, and it is ours. So, my friends, there is so much to talk about when we talk about divine connection. And we're running out of time for today, so I want to remind you that next week we're going to go into the three main phrases in the Aramaic, the Yananarachma, the Rukitakucha and the Malkuta, the Shemaya. I want to cover those in as much detail as I can, and we'll pick up any of the details later that we have forgotten. But next week, it's about healing ourselves through applying the Aramaic. Thank you, my friends, for being with me again today. I will see you next week.
Thank you for tuning into the program today. Please join Jim Stacy for another edition of Beyond Religion, Your Life is Waiting, next Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. This week, let the divine work for you and with you. You're bound to experience a new life.